everybody welcome to the dpi podcast i am matt and today is tuesday so we are over on facebook and we are going to be talking some news and notes tonight big things we're talking about we're going to touch on the investor call a little bit but really what we're going to talk about is a lot of the news that dropped today with reservations for 2022 so stick with us here in a second i'm going to bring on peter with princesses in the mouse and we are going to talk some travel for next year So thank you for joining us over on Facebook, DPI Podcast. If you want to find us on Twitter, I do a lot of conversations over there at Disney Insights, YouTube, the Disney Planning Insights Podcast, and we're on Instagram, and we have websites and all kinds of fun stuff. So um, you can find us, you can check us out, you can let us know how we're doing, what we're doing good, what we're doing bad, just, you know, leave a comment and like it. So what I'm going to do is bring on our Peter with princesses in the mouse. I'm going to bring on princess with Peter in the mouse, something like that. Who knows? Peter with princesses in the mouse, Disney travel. And we are going to talk some bookings for 2022. Hey Peter, how you doing tonight? Where are you uh, at? There you are. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know. I was just talking to you a moment ago. I have no idea where I am. Yeah. You I thought you were like, I was like in my house. What are you talking about? Where am I? <laughs> so a lot of a lot of news dropped today. So let's just kind of go back to Thursday. Um, I was doing the family podcast with Ali and. Disney was having their investor call. And really there were a few things that came out of that investor call that I kind of took as, as far as newsworthy. Um, the first thing was that they talked about basically every coming attraction, but didn't give any dates or anything pertaining to those attractions. Um, they talked about how much money they lost last year, um, which the parks division lost about $116 billion um, in fiscal 2020. And they talked about masks probably being in effect through the end of 2021. Those were the three big takeaways that I got out of it. Um, uh, what what kind of jumped out to you? Did, did you see any of the news on the call? Uh, not anything more than what you just said. Um, I saw that we are expecting to wear masks through the end of 2021. Um, along with that same idea, um, it, it was noted that they don't that they're not expecting the the mask to carry into 2022. But again, um, nothing can be definitively stated. Uh, you know, obviously, we're waiting to see. Uh, what the federal administration does on rolling out and how quickly they uh, secure these additional vaccine doses that um, were just press released, I think, you know, middle of last week. Uh, there was news coming out that I guess like another 200 million doses, so that'd be another 100 million Americans um, are going to be able to get on that vaccination list. Um Big loss in the parks, but you and I have talked about before the fact that 
Um, what what's the number? Do you remember the number offhand? It's it's something like four or five hundred thousand dollars of money passes through the Magic Kingdom every day, yeah, or, or something <laughs> like that. Um, now that's not sheer profit, but you have to assume that operating expenses and stuff like that. You got to believe a quarter, a third of that's profit. So um, an eye-opening number, especially if you are a big Disney investor. But I, I also felt like the message was more stay the course. We knew this was going to happen. Like, let's get through this. You know, the lights at the end of the tunnel. Kind of what you and I have been saying in this podcast for, you know, the last few weeks regarding this whole situation. So yeah. um, kind of that message being shared. Here are the numbers. Here's where we're at. Here's what we've got on the horizon. Um, but mostly – the sky is not falling. The floor is, you know, we're, we're not on Tower of Taylor. Like, it's okay. We're, we're moving forward. Well, and I think I think a big thing that also came out of there is, you know, we, we focus a lot on the parks. We don't talk a lot about Disney+. Plus, um, but Disney+, Plus kind of blew expectations out of the water with 94 million subscriptions in that first year, basically. Um, so you want to talk about something that's really keeping Disney afloat. And that's, that's really what it is right now is Disney plus. Um, so as the parks division starts coming back and, you know, we've got Disney world open right now, you're going to see parks all over the world reopening here in the next few months, including California land. Yeah, we're, we're hoping. Um, but, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of those things opening back up. And with that, you're going to see those that Parks Division come back and come back and come back. Now, another thing that they really didn't talk about was how they're going to be adjusting capacity through the year as vaccine rollout happens and all that kind of stuff. You know, for me, I've really enjoyed 35% capacity at the parks. Um, but it's not something that they can do for the end of time. So, you know, um, they're going to have to start letting more and more and more people back into the parks. How do you see that happening? I just, I don't even know if I can speculate on that. That is an unexpected question. I knew we talked about the, the call and the vacation packages and stuff like that today. But, um, you know, like you said, obviously they need to get back to those levels. Before they can get back to those levels, they also need to get back to those cast member levels. They also have to like bring other stuff back online in terms of the ride lines and the fast pass systems. Because right now with the social distancing, I don't know if the parks could handle 50, 60% capacity, 70% capacity. As it is, if you get in line for Peter Pan, you're, you're wrapped all the way, way, way down by Columbia Harbor House. And then it wraps all the way back up towards the entrance. Um, just the physical space in some of the closer areas of the park. We waited for Haunted Mansion, and the Haunted Mansion line went down the staircase next to the Liberty Bell, back up the staircase next to Liberty Bell, and then came back towards the entrance, yeah. and then like snuck back to the right of Columbia Harbor House. I mean, it's just right now running these lines is just um, impossible with the social distancing protocol. So. I just don't know what the park levels could be if all of these protocols are still having to be followed. So 
again, is the park open and is the park breaking even or making a profit would be my focus as a Disney executive right now. Because if, if I'm open and the parks aren't pulling a profit, then why am I open? Correct. But if the parks are open and I'm treading water, I want to have people getting excited again. We're seeing huge ad campaigns showing up on TV, at least to what I'm noticing. I really feel like the ads are getting out there. So whatever the levels are that they're currently operating at, which they're, they're sliding them towards 50% right now, um, they must feel like they can do it and that they're making the right amount of money and that it's a, you know, an economically feasible thing to do. Um, and then from there, I just, I really feel like you can't go much further than it is right now until you start removing some of the physical barriers uh, that are in place right now. Yeah. And I think it's two things. You've, you've got to, you've got to be able to eliminate that six feet of distance and open up the closed areas of those queues, you know, with a lot of those smaller queue lines, especially in magic kingdom where they're snaking S backing forth, you know, you can't, you can't get enough people in there to eat some of that crowd from a main thoroughfare. You think about with, you know, small world and Peter Pan in that one little area. And then you've got, uh, haunted mansion right around the corner basically those three rides when their queues are outside of the queue housing Night. it starts making a nightmare in that little rapunzel bathroom area mm-hmm. um so until they can get that figured out they, they really can't add any capacity and and until they get past that um the other thing is they need to start being able to gobble up people with shows and parades and having all your dining open to where you've got people in places and away from places so that it's it's not just a madhouse at all these ride queue lines. Right. You still look at a, a lot of, basically the, this is an approximation. I don't know the exact number, but I would say that right now for the food aspects of the parks i would say they're running at about 50 percent right now as well with the number of closed locations and closed carts and you know closed snack areas and you know how let's just you know we we talked a couple of shows ago about the the place in Frontierland, westward ho being closed and the popcorn cart by the liberty bell is closed and the churro stand in the in the green area in front of the castle that's closed you just you just have thing after thing after thing so so you look and say okay so what do we need to bring back what more space do we need what more attractions do we need and it just becomes a really really interesting logistical puzzle that they're playing right now and it all has to it all has to funnel around the idea of what are we doing safely and and what should we keep doing in order to ensure the continued safety and enjoyment of our guests? And and that's a, a really fine line that Disney's having to toe right now, which I, I do think they're doing very well. You and I have both mm-hmm. taken trips there since the reopening, and uh, you've taken two, and I've taken one, and uh, we leave in nine days for another. I mean, it's... Uh, my daughter does not believe that I'm going without her. 
I've explained to her that I'm going next week, and she continues to say, but you can't go, Daddy. You can't go without me. I go, I am going without you, sweetie. I'm going without all of you. You're all staying here. <laughs> but you can't go, because even if you go without me, you always go with Mommy. so let's kind of pivot off of the investor call and get into a little bit of what kind of released today and one of the big things that released today was the extension of the park pass reservation system through the end of 2022 and even into 2023 you could book basically the first two weeks of january of 2023 if you wanted a park reservation um Now, this is a system that kind of came about because of COVID so that Disney had an eye on the crowds and could kind of check the crowds as they were moving through um, and have an idea before the the park even opened what they were expecting that day. Um, But it's, it's something that as capacity comes back that isn't necessarily going to be needed. So how do you feel like the park pass system is going to be? Do you think it's going to go the way of the dodo as capacity starts opening back up? Or do you think it's something that Disney's going to utilize kind of going forward as their measuring tool of where people are going to be each day? You raise, I mean, those are the two ideas, right? Um, I think it will go the way of the dodo bird. That is my... That's my opinion, just to use your analogy. Um, I think the reason why the Park Pass Reservation System is available two weeks into 2023 is because Disney also this morning unlocked and released vacation packages and room reservations for 2022, which I know we're going to talk about this, but I would just like to say that this is insanely early. Oh, it's it's crazy to have this already. We shouldn't have this for another two to three months, and yeah. we already have access to 2022. Yeah. So if I book 2022, and let's say I arrive on the 27th of December, I can book a vacation into January 12th, 13th, and the system will let it go because they'll let 10, 14-day reservations go. Um, last I saw, this could be a change, um, but I haven't booked – uh, a long stay in the last month or so. Um, but last I saw, you can only get a seven-day ticket. You can't get an eight or more. Um, I know lots of people who, you know, would love to go, myself included. I'd go down there for 10 or 11 days and just get a seven-day park ticket. You know, take three, four relaxing days, go to the park two, three, take a day off, go to the park two, you know, um, all of that good stuff. But I really feel like the reason the park reservation system is currently available is because reservations are available. And one of the things right now, as soon as a client books with me, I say, okay, so now we got our dates, we got our rooms, we got our tickets. We talked through all of that stuff, figure out where you want to go each day. Here are my recommendations, but I'll wait for your call because, you know, obviously you're the client and, then I try to get the park reservation booked like a week within that first week of booking them. Yeah. And, and here's, here's the thing, you know, the, the reservation system, this booking window is insanely early. Um, like we said, a couple of months early, at least usually we don't see it until early July. We don't see those packages for the next year come available. 
Um, but it's real interesting because right now it's room only and it's only January 1st through July 1st that they've released. But they've released the ticket prices for next year as well. Um, so you know how much tickets are going to be. And it's a modest increase across the board, both with rooms and with ticket prices. Hang on, um, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, you can get tickets on your reservations in 2022. Can you? Yeah. Because it was released this morning as room only. Uh, it is not room only. I'm currently staring. Maybe you have to book through a travel agent, but I'm telling you right now that I'm looking on my travel agent site and... Uh, I can I can add theme park tickets and uh, and all of that good stuff. Um, you you are right that it's only through the first half though. I don't see any availability past July. Um, but yeah, I can book I can book uh, theme park tickets with the room in well, that that might have happened because they they released the two things at different times today. So they might have released this morning the reservations, the opening up the the booking window, and then when they released the ticket prices you might've been able to add at that point. Um, but you know, I did some comparison shopping, um, in May of next year, a couple of resorts looking at ticket prices compared to this year. Um, it averaged out about $6 a night at pop century. Um, it was a little bit more for 2022 and then same with the ticket prices. It averaged out about $6 a day, um, was the increase in ticket prices. Yeah, I was actually going to mention that um, looking at the room rates, I didn't see a noticeable markup. So the fact that you're saying you're pulling, you know, these numbers and getting about a five, six dollar, um, you know, a day, that would make sense. Because as I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, okay, Pop Century is right around the 210, 215 mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, All Stars I mean- were about the 165 mark. Just glancing at it, you you wouldn't notice it. But when you start thinking about like a, a five day trip for a family of four, it becomes about a hundred dollars over that trip when you're looking at room and tickets. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. It depends how many exactly, like you said, a, a family of four. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I, between you, me, and I, I guess whoever's watching here, I don't, I don't know if you know. You sit there going to Disney, and you go, oh well. Boy, I, I just, <laughs> you know, 70, 80 bucks is, is really the deal breaker in, uh, in the <laughs> with, with the price tag that Disney already brings along with it. So. Yeah, yeah. A um, few other things going on. So another new resort opening up in the Disney area um, that's good, now taking reservations, the Swan Reserve, which is kind of over by the Swan and Dolphin uh, Resorts is going to start taking reservations. It actually started taking reservations today for dates, September 1st and beyond. Um, again, the Swan Dolphin and this resort are not affiliated with Disney as far as being a Disney resort, but they are basically on property, have most of the same benefits, um, and you book them through Marriott. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah. they're yeah. a Marriott. Yeah, you can use like Marriott, uh, rewards and, and stuff like that to book. The preserve is, uh, it, it reminds me a lot of like Grand Destino Tower in terms of its look. It's, uh, it's across the street from the Swan Hotel, um, right next to the Fantasia 
mini golf course, like yeah. the tower is right next to the Fantasia mini golf course. Um, so we actually went and played mini golf when we were there. So I got a very, very close up view, very, very unique looking, um, lots of, boy, I, I don't even know. Imagine like, you know, this is an Indianapolis thing, but imagine like what our JW Marriott looks like downtown. It's just glass, just glass, yeah. glass, glass. Um, that's pretty much what the outside of this building looks like. It's just, seems like every suite is just these huge glass panel windows. You can see a little bit of the concrete in the construction um, coming out as well. But uh, a really, really impressive looking tower. Um, like you said, similar type of benefits. Uh, you know, biggest the biggest draw away from them for me was always that I couldn't get a dining plan there, but can't get there anywhere right now. So yeah. If you're a listener and you have Marriott points and, you know, those honors, I think you can even use Hilton honors points there. I'm not sure on that one. Um, but definitely if you have some of those rewards programs from those other hotel uh, chains, something to look into for sure. I know some people love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know some people that stay at the Swan and Dolphin. Now, the question I would have is the Swan and Dolphin, you can actually walk to Hollywood Studios with the – preserve being on the other side of the road is there any way to get across that road is there a crosswalk or a bridge or anything like that to get to hollywood studios well yeah you walk so the way that i got to the mini golf course is we rode the skyliner because we were staying at caribbean beach um we rode the skyliner and then we just walked up past the swan and dolphin kind of share a, a central walkway and then the hotels go off to the either side uh-huh. and you just keep going up that walkway you'll find the road you go across the crosswalk mini golf is to your left giant tower up to your right perfect um so yeah everything's still walkable it's just going to be it's going to be a slightly longer walk because the way that you walk there you're going to Actually, you could probably just come straight down that road and head to the left and go across that bridge and catch up with the uh, with that walkway that yeah. you can catch from boardwalk. So, yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's stay on the hotel side. And Disney released last week that um, a confirmation that they're going to be changing the rooms at the Contemporary Resort. Now they had put out some theming a while back. This is three, four, five months ago. Um, that the artwork may be like retro Incredibles theming. Um, to me, I really think <laughs> I really love the contemporary the way it is right now. I think the Art Deco Fab Five theming that they've got in there right now is awesome. Um, but a change change is inevitable. Ask the Polynesian. Um, that. Uh, sooner or later, IP is really going to just kind of infiltrate everywhere at the parks, and you're just going to kind of see this all over the place with new movies and new characters and that kind of thing. Um, the The artwork that I did see was really, really nice um, artwork, but it is changing the contemporary tower rooms, which, like I said, to me is just kind of like a huge, a huge bummer. Uh, <laughs> um but it doesn't sound like they're going to shut down the monorail or anything like that. Just certain rooms are going to be closed as they work through the refurb. Um, and Disney does this on a relatively systematic schedule. 
every three years, every hotel gets a refresh. Every seven years, it basically gets a, a, a room remodel. Um, so Contemporary's turn. Polynesian's working right now. Contemporary's working. Saratoga Springs is working. There's a lot going on. And and just um, just the other day, well, it was yesterday, they started taking down the drawings on the book pages in front of our animation. They started painting over those. So we're getting new animation over there. So just a lot going on as far as refurbs and that kind of stuff around, around Disney right now. Anything from you, Peter? <laughs> I just got, no, I was just going to let you take that and run. Cause as soon as they announced that the contemporary was getting a, like a, a re-theme, I was like, Oh God. <laughs> Matt's got to go cry about it for a little while, and then I'll then I'll be good. Uh, as everything, as everything, just let it happen, and then and then make an opinion. Like I said, the yeah. artwork I saw, I, it was really really cool. I'm a I'm a I'm a contemporary Art Deco type person when it comes to artwork. Anyway, so what I saw was really really cool. Um last thing that we're going to talk about today, there is a penguins game on. I'm trying to get through this stuff as fast as humanly possible. Don't don't shake your head at me. I have priorities. <laughs> um Patina Apparently Group, not because you're here. I know, I know. Patina Group is hiring a cultural representative program position. Um yay for Epcot possibly trying to bring back the cultural representative program, but this is through Patina group. So Patina group is going to own space 220, uh, Tudo Italia, Tudo Gusto via Napoli. I think that's yes. their, their reach right now in Epcot. Um, it was for a person of Italian nationality. So uh, of course this is going in the Italy pavilion, but it's a, it's a huge step forward. What do you think about Disney opening this program back up as we start seeing more of an allowance of travel from overseas? Oh, dear God, I want it back so bad. <laughs> I mean, we have made absolutely no hiding of the fact that Epcot is by far and away my favorite park. And Food and Wine Festival in 2020 was great, and it was fantastic, and all of those things. But I really, really want the individuals from those countries back in those pavilions yeah. because it was just straight up different because basically what you had through all of World Showcase was just regular cast members wearing the multinational shirts that just World Showcase, if you've been to Disney, you know what I'm talking about. World Showcase cast members wear these sort of like multicultural shirts that just have all the flags of the different world pavilions and um and, and they do their jobs whether it's at the, the you know the the shop or whatever filling in and then in each of the nations you have these authentic garbs um there is nothing quite like seeing the the norwegian skirts and 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 blouses or the german Later hosing with the, you know, it's, it's just, it's fantastic to walk into Japan and see everybody in authentic garb and walk in, uh, just, yeah, yeah. That was missing. That was missing. Now, what was neat is I did go up and talk to a couple of people because if you had nationality ties 
you were still wearing the authentic garb, which was really interesting that there was sort of this hodgepodge of authentic garb and these international shirts um, of regular cast members. So I did make it a point, like I walked up to somebody in China, for example, and he was at, um, uh, he was at the, the food stand serving in the, the food stand out in the front of the China Pavilion. And I went up to him and I was just waiting for my food. So he and I were chit-chatting and I see his name and it says Hong Kong. And I go, now are you from Hong Kong or is your family from Hong Kong? Where does Hong Kong come in? He's like, I grew up in Boston. My parents immigrated from Hong Kong like when they were young, you know? And so it was, he, he's still like, my parents, are technically from Hong Kong, right? So he was wearing like the authentic Chinese garb, and yeah, um, it was like so. We're taking kind of like I don't know, pretty pretty long stretches. Like I know uh, I, I heard another story of was somebody in uh, the the Vianopoli Pizzeria is currently a server who used to be one of the management crew for rides in Magic Kingdom. And they reassigned him because he's from Italy. So they're like, you're going to go be a server in, uh, in the pizzeria over in Epcot for a little while until things get back going. And, and there's just lots of stories about cast member displacement, yeah. for, for lack of a, a term for it. So um, really, really, really interesting stuff. But, oh, my gosh, do I want the cultural outreach programs back? <laughs> As passionate as you are about the contemporary rooms, <laughs> as passionate about walking around my world showcase the way it's meant to be, in my mind at least. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else that I missed tonight, Peter? Uh, one more thing. They did announce that the 2021 military appreciation rates are back. Um, so those were missing. They were running all these early year promos into July, um, but for the remainder of the year with a couple of blackout, um, blackout, a uh, couple of blackout dates, uh, military members and their families are eligible to get discounts. Um, of course, our military listeners, you always have access to Shades of Green, which is only allowed to be booked by active or um, active military members or their, their family members. However, I can tell you from past experience, I have booked multiple military families, the military rate that Disney gives you a lot of times is better than the rate that you can get at Shades of Green. Just for the record, um, because you do have, Shades of Green is more of like a deluxe style resort. Um, so I can get you onto the values and, and moderate resorts for cheaper than Shades of Green um, with the Disney military discount. Uh, you just like the golf. The yeah, courses yeah. are right yeah. there. So, you know. Yeah, the courses are right off of Shades of Green. That, that's one mm -hmm. nice thing. Um, one of the trips we took last year, um, one of my wife's family it was active military at the time. So they stayed over there. And being able to go over there and hang out, for, wait for tea times, that kind of thing was really, really nice. So if you are a golfer or military, you know, it is awesome to have the Palman Magnolia and Oak Trail golf courses right off of your, your front lobby there. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. So there are obviously advantages to it, but I just wanted to, to mention that um, normally, so the way the military packages work with Disney directly is uh, it is room only. Um, you can add in the additional things, but you would still purchase your tickets through base. Um, and I can walk you through all of that process as well. Like I said, I'm a, a, one of my wife's old friends, her husband is active military. I booked a trip for them. And then all of a sudden in the military wives group, she just started name dropping me. So the next thing I knew, I ended up booking like five or six military vacations in, in, a, in a year or so. Um, but Disney announced that the military rates are back. So that's really good news for the members of our armed, armed services that are uh, working hard for us to keep us safe every day. Yeah, fantastic news. Um, and, and always always nice to take care of our military for what they do for us, um, keeping us safe. So, you know, with what's going on here on the DPI podcast, so we've got our show tonight. We're, we're finishing that up. We'll have a photo released tomorrow. We'll have a ride point of view releasing this weekend. We have a show on Tuesday. We have a show on Wednesday. Doing a show on, so that's that's the question because we got a whole bunch of stuff going on <laughs> next week, right? We'll have all sorts of pop in lives and all sorts yeah. of stuff. So, Are we running a show on Tuesday? Because I also have to pack at some point. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to run a show on Tuesday. Wednesday is going to be the DPI family show, um, Disney this or that. So it's like a would you rather um, for Disney with the kids, and then like Peter said. The, the the five days after that, you're going to see us all over your Facebook and Twitter feeds because we're going to be dropping all kinds of stuff, jumping on live, doing reviews, uh, dropping in, you know, just uh, show you around where we're at, doing all kinds of fun stuff. And hopefully one of those drop ins will be on the backside of the France Pavilion. Um <laughs> God, we're only a week away. Oh, it's so unlikely, but it makes so much sense if they would open it this week because the art festival ends and food and, and uh, flower and garden doesn't start. This is the week to open it. Dear God, Disney. <laughs> but yeah, definitely stick with us for the next couple of weeks because we are going to have a ton, ton coming at you. And um, I want to thank Everybody that's followed here in the last week over on the Facebook page, tons of followers on the Twitter and the YouTube pages. Um, you guys are great. Thank you very much. So, uh, again, like I said, you will see us again live on Tuesday of next week. So until then, stay warm, stay safe, you know, go play in the snow if you've gotten snow, which like three quarters of the country, I guess, got. <laughs> we got like 10 inches here, so... It was, it was pretty crazy last night, but uh, stay safe, and we will see you guys at the parks real soon. Bye now.